All right. This is uh, episode, actually episode number three of the Bobby Bowen Show, a brand new show. <laughs> and uh, my second episode was a guy I used to travel with back in the 90s, Kent Humphrey. He used to sing with a group I was with called Mid-South. And I know this guy real well. Uh, went to school with him. That's yep. where I first met him. My last couple of years of school, high school. Good old Falk University. Good old Falk High. And uh, this is Joe Cook. Hey, everybody. Joe, I'm glad you came on with me. And uh, this is going to be uh, this is going to be entertaining. I can just tell you right off the bat. Well, good. We need some entertainment. We need some entertainment during this time of uh, coronavirus stuff. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of that, you know, what have you been doing? all this time this last three weeks a lot so. of woodshedding practicing a lot of watching um you know old tv stuff that we used to watch you know the uh, three stooges you know oh, yeah king of the hill yeah, yeah. <laughs> big animation fan i like animation so you're not able to uh travel like the rest yeah. of us yeah, shut down and, and uh, uh two months of solid good work and within one day it all went away <laughs> yeah exactly I mean, I had all of April, end of March, all of April booked, you know, had to cancel all of it. So, so but thank you. Like everybody else, patiently for stimulus money. Yeah. Uh, music Cares, I want to applaud them. If anybody's watching and knows Music Cares, two thumbs up. I got a check coming from them. Thank God. That's awesome, man. Because, um, boy, the old... The old mailbox, you go to open it up and dust comes out, man. <laughs> so exactly. waiting for the, you know, waiting for the Tennessee unemployment to kick in, which who knows yeah. when that'll happen. But you know, yeah, well, waiting patiently and not, uh, not giving into fear. You know, I'm seeing everybody just panicking and like it's going to be their last day on earth. Yeah. And you know, and it's kind of you know, we're going to get through this, man. This is oh, not yeah. going to be forever. We're going to get through this. We are. They're already saying that. Uh, by the first of May, they're supposed to start opening up stuff in Tennessee. So, yeah, I sure hope so. Yeah, me too. I, I know the rest of the country is ready to get back at it, and you know, we've I, I enjoy downtime like everybody else, but enough's enough. I'm ready to go back at. Oh it. yeah, <laughs> uh, no, a week or so, I'm, I'm done. I'm ready to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, get back on the road. Yep. Uh, speaking of uh, of that, you know, uh, I just want to go back to uh, tell everybody. Uh, uh, where you were born, what year, just kind of start off like that and then talk about uh, when you were a kid, you know, uh, how old were you when you first, uh, like, what was your influence back when you were just a kid Okay, that, that you knew that you wanted to play guitar and, and be a musician? Oh, that's start easy. Start back there. Yeah. Well, I was born in Dallas, Texas in November 7th, 1962. <clears throat> wow. I can't believe I'm saying that. Man, you're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I now uh, am eligible for AARP, dude. And that yeah, was, I know I get those letters I, all the time. <laughs> I'm eligible for AARP. What happened? Hey, man. Hey, man. The great thing, one of the great <laughs> things about being 55 or older yeah. is when you go to Denny's, you know, you, you get to order off the senior discount menu <laughs> i now all need to do to complete the uh, get up is wear some shorts with black socks pulled up to my knees and wearing sandals and then and i'm there exactly I'm <laughs> but no I, anyway i was born in dallas texas 1962 uh, my dad was a was a musician he was a guitar player so i have fond memories and you know it's funny how your mind can pull these things out little files that are tucked away in your brain I have memories of sitting on his lap, him playing a Strat through a Fender Twin, you know, and just sitting there playing. And I remember, uh, you, know, you know, this is getting kind of geeky techo, but I still remember this. On Fender amplifiers, they got this big red pilot light that lets you know that it's on. Yep. And I remember staring into that thing and it was like it was alive because my dad was plugging, all this music was coming out of this big amplifier and it looked alive to me. And so I was always fascinated with guitar, music in general. And, uh, and by so how, old, by how old were you then when you first? Oh, God, let's see. I was probably four, four wow. or five that I can remember then. And of course, my, uh, my parents divorced and we moved back to uh, Texarkana because that's where my mom's family were at. So we moved in and, um, and then a couple of years later, I don't, I don't maybe 67, she married my stepdad. <clears throat> and uh, and so I was raised by him and my 
my biological father, you know, during the holidays I'd go, go visit. And so there was um, always music around. I was always uh, intrigued by music. And I remember getting really serious about it when uh, listening to Beatle records. My aunt uh, had a stack of Beatle records and I was just learning how to play you know, sitting there with my little Mel Bay chord book and trying to figure out, okay, this finger goes through that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I remember she came in and put these records on the bed and she goes, if you really want to be a successful, good musician, listen to these guys. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, what, is, you know, what does she know? She's, she's old. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, I've, you know, put them on the turntable. And uh, that's another word you don't hear anymore, turntable. No. And uh, of course, it blew my mind. It opened up all kinds of questions. And, you know, why does it sound like this? Or why does a guitar sound like this? And, you know, so, you know, I, I never had any formal lessons. My, you know, when I'd go visit my dad, he would show me things, but he was always so busy playing that he was never around. So yeah. I took what he taught me and what, you know, books that I had and learned as much as I could. And I'll never forget the first time. I played, uh, well, let me, let me back up. I had a, a guy lived down the street from me who, uh, who played drums. Uh, he had a kit. And so there for a while, me and him would get together in his garage. We would, you know, bang out stuff. And I don't even know what tunes at the time. But I remember the first time a, a guy came over with a bass guitar and plugged in. And, and when that, I remember, you know, you, so many little moments in your life that you'll never forget. And I'll bring another one up. And, and I remember thinking, oh, my Lord, we sound like a band. We sound like the Beatles. Because all of a sudden now the low end comes in and it uh -huh. just rounded everything out. You got to have that bass guitar. You got to have that and drums or you have nothing. Oh, yeah. No foundation. <laughs> so that really was a, an epiphany, I guess you could say. It really uh, opened up, well, this is how you make music. So I did that. Epiphany. <laughs> I know you didn't learn that in foul. <laughs> I picked it up along the way. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, no offense to fat people watching this, you know, oh, just, no, no, you man. know what I'm talking about. I, I took just enough school to get out. You know, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so, but you know, I, of course, you know, uh, it, it consumed everything about me. You know, I mean, I would uh, eat just enough dinner and then run to my room and just stay with my guitar as I know you did too. Oh yeah. And you know, therefore while my parents were worried, it's like, we never see him. He's always in his room. So that, yeah. I guess they, thought I was going to turn into a, you know, recluse. So of course I had to get out. And then I discovered football. I was really good in football and I enjoyed that. And, um, but after it was over, music took over 100%. And I, there was never a time in my life where I, I, I said, you know, I may be a, a fireman or a policeman or, you know, an accountant. It was always, I'm going to be a guitar player. No question about it. I mean, on every time we would get new school books and get the new, you know, covers on them. I immediately, you know, be drawing guitars on them and oh, notes yeah. and stuff like that. And yeah. So it, it, I come by it honest, you know, uh, I, I got it, you know, obviously a gift from the Lord. I know that I know where it comes from, but it was handed down to my dad and passed on to me. And so if I was four years later, I hooked up with you guys. Yeah. Let's, yeah. uh, before we get to that, yeah. uh, tell everybody what was your first guitar? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. The first one my grandparents ordered me from Sears, <laughs> Sears catalog. Wow, dude, we're going back because that's oh, yeah. not even thought of now. But I ordered, um, I picked out an amp and a guitar. Was it a silver tone? It was, uh, or a harmony. Or checkmate. Really? Oh, yeah. It was, Cause it had a little, little, um, crown and with some, I think it was called a checkmate. Uh, huh. you know, gosh, it was been so long ago, but I, mer I do remember the amp had tremolo on it. And oh, I, yeah. I thought that was just, amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so I would take, now this is when, when I was in going to school in Redwater, this was before I went to Fout, you know, uh, I would, I would take my guitar and amp to school and the teachers would have me play for, you know, little assemblies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I started getting attention from the opposite sex. <laughs> oh yeah. So I'm like, okay, the Beatles made this work and they had a bunch of, you know, ladies following them around. So I could do this too. Yeah. And so, you know, like anything, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And, and, uh, so the first one was, a was a Sears and Roebuck amp and guitar. And I played that till I started, you know, my parents, especially my dad started noticing like, okay, yeah, man, you're, 
let's get you something better. Yeah. So, and I'll never forget it. It was in 1976. Um, I was visiting my, my dad in Dallas and he took me downtown Dallas and there was a, uh, a shop in downtown called McCord music. And the guy, his name was Fred McCord. I'll never forget it. My, and he was the guy that sold my dad, his first really good electric guitar. So my dad, you know, took me there, bought me a nice, uh, brand new white strap. <clears throat> wow. And I thought, man, that, you know, I, I basically slept with the thing everywhere I went, it went, I, you know, I mean, I yeah. literally carried that guitar everywhere. And that's what I was playing when I joined you guys. You remember the white? I do remember that. So that's what I had uh, when I joined you guys. And then I'll never forget, we went to Nashville to record Christian Country Hearts. And it was my first time to ever be in Nashville. And I'll never forget it. And that's another one of those things that's locked away that I'll never forget. I remember we went to Acorn Studios, you know, Eddie Crook, and all the gang were there. Yeah. And the guy playing guitar that day happened to be a guy named Mike Seavers. And he had this pink Strat, which I didn't know what kind it was because I thought it was a Fender. I thought everything was Fenders, you know, but it was a, a company called ESP. Mm -hmm. And it was a pink ESP Strat. And I remember sitting watching him play. <clears throat> and I remember it was a song called, remember that song, uh, You've Been a Friend to Me, Tony sang it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I remember when, and when they counted that off, and I remember I was sitting there and I had the headphones on. It literally blew my mind. Yeah. It really did. I thought that I was a good guitar player. I thought I knew I was doing until that day. And I realized, man, I got so much to learn because it, it, uh, it taught me, this is how you make records. This is how music is recorded. You know, these guys had their parts down. They were reading those charts, which back then was like hieroglyphics to me. You know, yeah. you know, I didn't know what that one, four, five, six minor, all that yeah. meant. Just, oh, yeah. But I know they were reading it and making music out of it. So I knew I had to, jump on yeah. so anyway you know thanks to mid-south or at the time mid-south boys that's what really uh it was a turning point for me that yeah man this is what i want to do this is this is how you make records so i learned so much from those guys and still when, still do oh yeah when we were in high school uh you were a christian mm -mm. you were heavy into Kiss, Van Halen, Kiss, Van Halen, ACDC, 38 Special, all that, all that stuff back then. Yeah. And uh, I remember uh, you had a band put together and we did an assembly there at the school. And yeah. I think I was running sound for it. And were you, you guys, you know oh, yeah. That? Yeah, oh, you wow. guys got out there and played. Uh, and it was great. <laughs> Y'all were great. Oh, yeah. Uh, Y'all well, you know, played. Uh, about as good as a couple of 17 year olds could sound, I guess. I think y'all played I Want to Rock and Roll all night, party every day. <laughs> I'm sure we did. It was good. I, I mean, I thought y'all were really good. And wow. then, uh, so when I left uh, after we graduated, shortly after we graduated, enjoyed Mid South Boys, I kind of lost contact with you. Mm -hmm. Of course, I lost contact with a lot of my classmates back then. Yeah, because you hit the road. You were full time. I did, man. And then, uh, about three years into it, we uh, we had a steel guitar player, Ricky Francis. Ricky Francis. And, uh, he was with us about three years, I think it was. And uh, he decided to get off the road. I remember and, the, I, I and remember we, the night. Yeah, <laughs> and we, we, we were talking amongst each other. We were like, you know, we're, we, we kind of like to have a guitar player instead of a steel player. And uh, my first thought was, was you, because I'd heard that you got saved. Yeah, I was playing with a little local Texarkana group called the, <laughs> the Earnest Expectations. Earnest Expectations. I remember them. Yeah. I thought we were a black group. <laughs> y'all are white. We thought y'all were black. <laughs> so I knew that, you know, we were more uh, country gospel. And I thought, well, I don't know if he can play this style or not, because he was always a rocker, you know. So I, I called you and uh, I said, would you be interested in trying out? And of course yep. you were. So I gave you a couple of songs to learn. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, one of them was, you know, both of them was Mike Seavers playing on it. Yeah. Uh, our boys will be boys project back in 85. Right. Which I didn't know at the time who played on all of it. Right. You didn't know him. You'd never mm -hmm. seen him, met him before, but uh, there was one song that we did, uh, what was it called? Uh, he came out of the grave. Well, the grave had a little, and it uh, had a, a lead, a uh, lead part in it was distortion. And I thought, well, I know he can play that because that's more <laughs> his style. Yeah. And it was, it was perfect. 
And then we gave you a song that I co-wrote called To Go to Heaven. It was more country. And I said, well, if he could play this, then I think he has a good shot at it. So uh, I think we, we uh, were singing down. It was Sims, Texas. Sims, Texas. Okay. I couldn't I remember, remember if it was Atlanta or Queen City or somewhere around in there. It was Sims, Texas. And uh, so you were supposed to meet us there. We got there early and set up. You yep. were supposed to meet us there before anybody else got there, and we were going to try you out. And I'll never forget the day. We're sitting on the bus, and this red Volkswagen comes driving up <laughs> in the parking lot, and we're all looking and saying, is that him? And this guy gets out of the car and grabs his guitar case and turns around, and I thought it was Bo Cephas. I thought it was uh, – Ike <laughs> Williams Jr. What's oh, he doing here? Days. The perm and the beard and the rose-colored glasses. I wore glasses back then. Yeah, yeah had, right. I did. I looked like Bo Cephas. Frizzy hair, uh, <laughs> beard, glasses. He looked like a cross between uh, Ronnie Henson and Bo Cephas. And we're Al Yankovic. <laughs> <laughs> and you can go back and look at that old cover, and I just bust out laughing. I was hideous, man. Oh, man. Members only jacket. You were just a, a fout boy. You know, you did but anyway, uh, I remember all the guys in the bus going, is that the guy you graduated with? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's Joe. So, and then uh, we went in the church and you hooked up, man, you nailed it. So well, I, had spent, I remember, the, I think you gave me a project. I think you gave me the cassette of Boys Will Be Boys. Probably did. And you told me what songs. And I remember just staying home and just playing those songs over and over until I didn't even, couldn't even think about it, you know? Yeah. So, so, I remember, yeah. I remember Jason Sellers was, was there. Remember, he was playing bass. Yeah, that's right. That's probably right. about 15 years old. Probably so. <clears throat> and uh, I remember, man, you, you nailed it, and you definitely got the job. I was and, so happy, uh, dude. I was ecstatic. Moved to Sheridan, Arkansas cool. with us. You guys were in a bus. The guys that I knew that played, were driving around buses were already famous. Yeah. So for me to pull up and – uh, see the bus. I'm like, okay, this is serious deal, man. This ain't no part-time stuff. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you moved to Sheridan, Arkansas <laughs> with us, moved in. I think you moved in with me, you know, I did. Yeah. we were living together. It's me and you and Donnie. Yeah, that's we're, right. Donnie Lewis. An old house. Yeah. And so, uh, we lived there for what, uh, after you joined us, was it 86 when you came with us? Uh, December of 85. And yeah. we spent, uh, the new year's playing in Oklahoma. And so okay. that was my, my first trip out with you okay. guys. So the end of 85. Yeah. So uh, I think we, we left uh, Sheridan in 89, June of 80. Well, I did. I think you left about a month or so before that. I left a little bit before you guys. Me and Tony moved, did. Moved we to Hermitage, up. Tennessee. Yeah. yeah, me and Tony where, were first to move up. Where we all lived when we first moved up here in 89. Mm -hmm. So uh, you spent you know, three, three and a half years uh, in Sheridan, Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was good times, you know, but, uh, you know, what I remember about that, those times, Bobby is it was one of the first summers that I didn't have to either, uh, hoe cotton or flag crop dusters and work from sun up to sundown because, you know, at the time I was living at home, you know, that's what my stepfather was. He was a farmer. So yeah, my summers were consumed with farming. But I remember, you know, after joining you guys that summer, us going out, and just hanging out, swimming, and doing whatever we wanted. I'm thinking, this is heaven, this man. This is the life, man. <laughs> this even, is great. Even though we weren't hardly making any money, it, it was didn't just, matter. It didn't matter. We were having a ball. We had we were all sing. We were all single and living yeah. together, sharing the rent, the utilities, and everything. Yeah. So it wasn't that hard, you know, back then. Yeah. None of us had, you know, bills or credit cards and all that kind of stuff we just now, all we needed to do the only responsibility we had was to show up whenever the time was to leave and go sing and and play yeah. that was our responsibility <laughs> and there was never a dull moment was there no we, man great we just time had a blast, had a blast. Know, those 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 years bobby to me were what shaped me to where i am now and you know even though there have been times i've driven off the road it was that and, you know, knowing that, you know, the Lord is in me is what brings you back, brings you back. And, uh, but if it wouldn't have been for all those years playing gospel music and being with the group and experience everything we went through, I don't know how it would have turned out later on. Probably not for the best. <laughs> well, so, who knows if you'd have just stayed in Falk around that area. Stayed, yeah. your life, you know? 
you know, been a farmer, <laughs> part-time guitar player, farmer, full-time, you know, you never know. So you don't. And that's why, man, I'm glad I trusted in him and look where it's, it's got me, you know, I've, Oh yeah. I can't complain that one bit. I can't, I mean, everything has turned out far exceedingly than, than I ever thought I would get. So. Do you remember, uh, I know you do with the night you got saved or the day you got saved, you know, oh, yeah. What, yeah. what was going on? What happened? Uh, there was a, uh, I, I was going to a little church in Pis, uh, called Pisgah Baptist Church there in Falk. <clears throat> a lot of these people that don't know a Falk area, these are little tiny country churches right out in yeah. the middle of the pasture. Well, anyway, he was the pastor of that church. And uh, and my mom and uh, everybody went there, but I didn't. You know, I wasn't into church then. I was into yeah. doing whatever I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Trying to be a rock star, I think, at that point. Yeah. So my mom, I think, told him to, hey, I have a son that, you know, he's a guitar player and, you know, I, I really would wish he would use his talents for the Lord. So, and I think at that point, Bobby Rice uh, had, a, had, a, had a burden for me, had a heart for me. <clears throat> and he would show up at the house uh, just because uh, I was living at home at the time. And he would just show up out of the blue and wanting to talk to me. And, you know, I, I was too cool for that. I think I blew him off a couple of times. I think I probably said something rude to him, told him to mind his own business, you know. Yeah. And, and then one day, man, it, it's hard to explain. Uh, he came over, and it was just that, that Lord's timing, I guess that's all it was. And, man, you know, my heart was ready. And yeah. the more he got to talking, the more everything just came, what I thought was my world came crashing down. And for the first time, I saw, you know, uh, I think I was what, 21 or 22, you know, I saw things with a different clarity <clears throat> and knew that, you know, all of those times, you know, being in church when I was little, cause mom made us go to church when we were little. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, uh, it started coming back. So anyway, I remember giving my heart to, to the Lord right there. Uh, and we were, uh, in broad, you know, out in the open field somewhere, I think I was, you know, and there was a cattle pond, that was connected to our property and he led me to the Lord. And I remember immediately going, okay. Cause I knew all about baptism and all that stuff. And I remember I said, Oh, he goes, uh, would you want to uh, profess your faith uh, uh, tonight at church? You know? And I said, yeah, I, I said, I did. I said, but uh, I want to be like Jesus, man. I want to be baptized in the open. I remember telling him that now how, you know, I just got saved, man. So I'm not really that, you know, that, I didn't know anything really, but you knew the story of when Jesus got baptized by John. So I said, man, yeah. I want to do it the Jesus way. I want to yeah. be baptized in that pond, <laughs> the pond and scum all over, Ugh. you know, probably cow mess floating in it. Yeah. But he agreed to it. So that night, everybody uh, come from the church over to our place. We pushed back the, the waters and, and I was baptized right there in a cattle pond. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, man. You never told me that. I thought I did. No, no I don't think yeah, you ever did. I was baptized in an old scummy cattle pond, man. And when I came up, it was like the whole world was different. It was for me. It was really a life-changing moment for me. You know, most people, you know, they, they get saved at an early, early age and, and everything's right with the world. For me, I was on both sides. So I knew, you know, what I was coming from and where I was going to. Yeah. And it, that's never it, left me and it never will. And I remember uh, when I saw you after, you know, after we had, graduated several years afterwards and, and, uh, you'd gotten saved. I could tell, man, there was a big change. I mean, you were radical. You were on fire <laughs> for the Lord, man. Yeah, man. I, oh boy. I was too radical to be honest with no, you. No, no, no. I made, a, I, I made a lot of people mad when I first well, got saved. I was, yeah, I was a zealot. <laughs> because I mean, we, we kind of laughed and made fun of you a little bit, but looking back, I'm like, I, I wish I hadn't done that because I wish I could be more, uh, you know, brave like you were back then, you you would just talk to anybody anybody about the Lord. We'd oh, yeah. stop at a convenience store, yeah. you'd be paying for your Coke or candy bar or whatever, and you'd ask the person behind the counter, "Hey, do you know the you know the Lord?" You know, <laughs> just stuff like that. We kind of walk away. <laughs> oh, Joe, come on, man, <laughs> leave these people alone. But that's the way we ought to be. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I was. You know, it, it was it was it was a fire that was stirred up. And, uh, you know, there were times I probably took it a little too far and probably hurt some feelings and, you know, uh, but now I'm, I'm learning you, you can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. Yeah. And it's not to say that I'm sugarcoating the word. Right. I just, there's just a way to go about it, I guess. Yeah. You know? 
but you're you're definitely radical, man. You're on, you're on fire. I could tell (laughs) that you love the Lord and you, you, you've been changed and you were glad that he changed you. And and I remember it it would, it would come out in the way I played the guitar because remember we had some people coming up. He looks like, you know, he's two dogs humping up there on stage. (laughs) Maybe that's some guy said, look like I mean, you were, you were used to moving around on stage, you know, with your rock, rock and roll yeah, dude, i was used to watching you know eddie van halen doing you know scissor kicks and oh yeah stuff. yeah and, so and when you like, came I'm with not... us you tried to do a little yeah. bit of that and so the people were like what in the world is this you know because this is southern country gospel music we don't do that kind of stuff they were ready they were used to you know suits and ties and you know quartet music and we were anything oh, yeah. but that no I mean, you add me to the picture this you know, guy with frizzy hair and glasses jumping around you know, with, the purple, with a purple <laughs> suit <laughs> I'm sure it's been and white tennis shoes. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll never forget Robbie when uh, I was coming in. <laughs> we were coming into service, and it was right before we went on. And I came in, and I think I had a purple jacket, purple pants, white shoes, and a purple striped shirt. <laughs> and I came in, and Robbie took one look at me and went. <laughs> I remember I went back out and changed it to something, I guess, a little oh, yeah. yeah. But that's all yeah. I had to address back then. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, some funny moments. I mean, there were there was tons of them. Yeah. Way too many to talk about in this interview. But uh, can you think of one of the funniest uh, things? It don't have to be, you know, with Mid-South or, I mean, one of the funniest moments of your musical career. Something happened on the road or wherever. Yeah, let me God, there were so many, like you say. The one that, <laughs> that stands out is when Donnie introduced, or I, I found out what hanging was through Donnie. And I remember uh, him coming up to me, and I said something. I forgot. Now, this, what said, this isn't funny. This is cruel. What, yeah. what oh, boy. Oh, man, you guys had it. Because I was green, dude. I'd never been anywhere. And so. he, learned, he learned this from the Hitsons. They okay, were good right. at hanging people. Yeah, and he was saying something about, I said something. I forgot what it was. And he came up and looked at me real serious and said, that's not funny, man. My sister is crippled. I think I said something about cripple or something like that. And, man, I thought I hurt the guy's feelings. I felt awful. Man, I went and grabbed him, hugged him, dude. I am so sorry. I mean, I wouldn't. I didn't know you had a sister that was crippled. And he busted out laughing. I'm thinking, yeah. what is wrong with you, man? <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, he would be the ones where you would go to open the car door and shut it, and he would immediately grab his hand like he was locked oh, in, yeah. and just scare the crap out of you. Yeah. yeah, I'll be I'll be talking to Donnie pretty soon, doing okay, one of these. We'll get some of those stories from him. But he, I remember one time we were at McDonald's, and he he grabbed one of those. Uh, uh, ketchup packages <laughs> and he kind of tore the end of it open a little bit and we were walking out the door and the door you know he always when the door would swing back he had put his hand up there in front of his face like his it hit him in the nose hit him in the nose yeah and yeah. he had that packet in his hand <laughs> he squeezed it and it got on his hand on his nose and I mean they, they came out with paperwork for insurance you know <laughs> so he wouldn't sue McDonald's and <laughs> <laughs> he did stuff like that all the time, but we'll talk about Donnie at another time. But anyway, yeah, uh, yeah he was always, yeah, that was one of the like funny, that. but there were so many, I mean, that's the one that, that sticks. I remember, uh, I do remember my first trip out with you guys in Oklahoma and I was kicking off to go to heaven and I, I just completely botched it. I mean, just botched it. <laughs> and I remember that just tore me up because here I am my first trip out and I'm, these guys are going to let me go because I stink. Nah. But you know, luckily, you guys had compassion on. But I just well, remember feeling like you know this was it. I blew it. You know, <laughs> I, I, I've made mistakes more times than one. That's for sure. You know, we've all done that. All been there. But uh, talk about uh, you know you was with Mid South. How long was it, man? Was well, it from eighty? Was it ninety two, ninety three when you left? I think it was ninety three. Or was it ninety four? I think it was ninety four. Well, it may have been Bobby. Because we're right, we were getting ready to record with Warner. Okay. Our last project was, um, uh, the one lessons we were of life. Walking. Yeah. When we were yeah. all walking out in the desert looking. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was my last project. Yeah. So, lessons uh, so what, I mean, what happened? What, why did you decide to, to move on from us? <clears throat> I mean, I remember at that time we just, you know, we'd, we'd all just kind of freshly moved to Nashville. Everybody had finally moved there. 
And, and that's when country music was just exploding in Nashville. I mean, yeah. everybody was getting signed. Everybody, there was more work than you can shake a stick at. I mean, because you had Opryland, which had all these places to play. Uh, the Nashville Network, which had, you know, a lot of activities going on. And I was just seeing all these friends that I had made playing these, getting on these, you know, number one, getting on really nice buses with a bus driver, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. we were all sharing. <laughs> we were that. all having to drive back then oh, and I hated it with a passion. I did too. <laughs> and so that was appealing. And the fact that they were making bank, they were making real good money yeah. and we were all owners of the group. And, you know, as being all owners, when the engine went out, you remember that one year engine went out, we didn't get paid for a whole month. Oh yeah. And so it was that. And plus, you know, I was, I was young. I was still in my, my twenties and man, I had something to prove. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to be up. I wanted to play the Opry. I wanted to, you know, ride on a tour bus where I didn't have to drive. And, and I certainly wanted to make, you know, better money than what we were making. And because I was newly married in at the time. You yeah. Know? And so I had a wife to support and didn't know how I was going to do it, with what we were making. <clears throat> and it certainly wasn't anything uh, of, you know, with, with you guys or the band or the music, it was none of that. It right. was a, just a desire to take it to an, another level. And I, and plus I remember, remember Jason Sellers, he's, he was with, uh, playing, he played with Vince Gill for a little bit and then he played with Billy Joe Royal. Yeah. And I remember, you know, watching him on Nashville now and, you know, when they would play and I'm, I'm thinking, man, if that little guy can do it, I can do it. Yeah. So anyway, that was one of the reasons. And, uh, and the Billy Joel Royal gig actually opened up for me and, um, and Jason, you know, with a good recommendation. And that was my first country artist gig after mm -hmm. leaving you guys was uh, Billy Joel Royal. And I was with him for about two and a half years before uh, I got the call to go play with Terry Clark. And then, gosh, I was there for almost 10 years. Yeah. 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 You played with a bunch of big I artists, have, you I know, have. just over the years. Name a few. Uh, well, let's see. Billy Joe, Terry, uh, Joe Diffie, Alan Jackson, Chris Cagle, Tanya Tucker. Oh, gosh. Um, You've been out with, like, you know, weekend gigs with, with new artists and things. Up yeah. Up-and-coming artists a lot. When, you know, back then in Nashville, you know, I, like I said, I was with Terry for the, she was my main employer, but yeah. on the downtimes, I would go out and sub for different uh, guys playing with different groups. And, uh, you know, I played with some different artists then, you know, the Ken Lees, um, Clay Davidson, I remember went out and did some work with him. So I have a list of people that I played for and then the list of artists that I worked for exclusively. Yeah. And, uh, and that you know, took me, uh, all the way you know, a lot of people are probably asking themselves, why would you, why would you forsake gospel music and go play secular music? Why, why did the money lead you to that? Why, why would you do that? Well, I asked Kent, you know, yesterday when I was doing his interview, what his first paycheck was when he joined the Dixie Melody Boys, and it was $102 and 50 cents. My, well, my first, we first got started, dude, I was making 150 a week. Yeah. My first uh, pay was 20 bucks a date. <laughs> and if we did one date that weekend, I got $20. If we did two, that's 43, 60, you know, yeah. we did three or more. I was excited. Because, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, people well, thought you know, like I said it was, it was, it had nothing to do. Cause I was still a, a, a believer. always have been. Oh, since yeah, that. Sure. So it had nothing to do with the, forsaking God or was mad at God or, you know, mad at you guys didn't no. like the music. No, man, I just wanted to, you know, I, you know, I was with you guys for what, eight or nine years. Yeah. And so I only think, okay, I'm seeing all of this work in this town and it's really good work and great accommodations. Uh, I want to try it. See if I can do it. Prove to myself that I can hang with these guys that are out here playing country music. And you certainly did. Well, and the Lord did, man. You know, and that's another thing. Even though I was not playing gospel music anymore, I never left gospel music. It always was a part of me, never, no matter where I went. You know, I'd always talk about us, the Hensons, mm -hmm. Hemphills, what great bands everybody had. <clears throat> but it was just at a different level and a different genre of music. And, you know, uh, there were some things that were, <laughs> you know, I remember, I'll never forget this, because my last date with you guys, you know, back we parked it, back then it was called Detroit Diesel. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where we used to yeah. park our buses. And I remember taking my stuff off of our bus and putting it on Billy Joe's bus, because we parked 
he parks at the same place. Yeah. And then going out with them that night and, and then the next, you know, going, going, getting to the destination and I'll never forget it, pulling up at this seedy honky tonk. And I do remember going, boy, what did I get myself into? Because yeah. it was completely different from playing in the first Baptist church and, you know, any town USA to walking into the most roughest honky tonk you would ever want to. It was almost like you went back in time before you got <laughs> saved. <laughs> it really was, you know. Yeah. And then, of course, nobody there to help you hold accountability. You start sliding. And, you know, of yeah. course, I did. I slid away. I'm not going to yeah. lie. You know, uh, did some things I shouldn't have done that, thank God, I've been forgiven over. Oh, sure. You know, it, was, it was hard lessons. But it did, it did teach me this. You know, the, that's where a lot of the, the fields that are ripe for harvest, it's in those areas. It's not in the churches, man. It's, sure. not, it's not on singing on gospel cruise ships. It's out there in the ditches and the trenches. That's right. That's where and Jesus right in the middle of it. That's where Jesus always and went. He didn't hang he around with the uh, at the synagogue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and to a point, it got to where it's like we were. You know, for me, it's like we're just preaching to the choir. I'm playing in front of Christians, twenty four seven. I want to see what it's like on the other side. Yeah. Well, if you're not strong enough to go on the other side, it will eat your lunch. Yeah. And it did me for a while, but as with age comes wisdom, and uh, and I've certainly outgrown a lot of that stuff and left it behind. And now it's all about the music and, you know, my walk with Jesus. Yeah. Still there. So what's going on with you now? I mean, what are, what are you into now? Um, a lot of it is, um, I'm playing with this guy named Ray Scott and, uh, country artist, good old, good old, uh, Methodist boy, mm -hmm. <laughs> Methodist, but we just go around and, um, a lot of it has been just acoustic stuff. Me and him going on, uh, playing uh, places with, you know, acoustic guitars and two vocals. And, uh, and sometimes we'll, you know, if the budget allows, we'll do the, the band thing, you know, the full band thing. But it's funny, you know, here I was, you know, talking about, you know, the, the bus situation and how I've always wanted to be on buses and stuff. And I did all of that, you know, was on the private jets and all of that. And now I'm back to a, either a van in a trailer or a van. <laughs> hey man, I'm right there with you. you I'm know, doing the same the buses thing. are long gone, but you know what? Uh, even in, in country music today, you see a lot of guys pulling trailers and bands. It's just the, the demographic, demographics have changed. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I saw uh, my wife used to work for Billy Dean. You know, he was pretty hot back in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. And I saw him on Facebook a couple of days ago, and he was just standing out on somebody's deck with a, with a little awning over him, and he had a little two Bose speakers sticking up, him and his guitar. Yep. And he's just standing out there singing to about five or six people. And I saw him not here a while back driving his own bus. It's yeah. like, you know. It's all changed. It, it really it has. It has. It's, uh, the, it doesn't last forever, that's for sure. No, and that was one thing that I realized, you know, as the longer I stayed into it, <clears throat> working for these people, I'm like, yeah, I made really good money. They took good care of me. But this is something that's not going to be, you know, longevity. Because you get older, like I am now, and these artists that are coming up today, they're not going to hire an old dude like me. They want the young guys. They want the young guys, just like I was when I first moved to town. Those guys wanted me. You know, they didn't want some guy that had been there, you know, 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> and so now I've come full circle, but I've made a more different quality of people, a more quality of artists to play with. You know, I don't, you know, I'm very picky. I, I can afford to be picky now who I go out with. And yeah. I won't go out with somebody that's just an absolute degenerate. Nah, I don't need it that bad. No. And plus, uh, along the years, uh, about 10 years ago, I got certified to, uh, to drive limousines. So um, I don't, do you remember Melissa Boyer? She was Michelle's friend, still is Michelle's friend. Okay. They live together. Well, anyway, she owns a limo company and I've been working for her for the last five or six years. Wow. I, I can't imagine you driving limos. <laughs> well, when, when you say limo, it's all changed now. You know, everybody, when they think of limo, they think of the stretches. Oh, okay. You know, entertainers don't really ride in stretches anymore. They're either town cars or SUVs. So okay. that's what I drive. I don't drive the stretches. That's, oh, okay. Well, that's mainly now people use stretches for proms or funerals. Do you have to wear the black suit and the black hat and no. all that? You don't have to no, no, man. Just, you know, just look nice, you know. And plus, yeah. you know, I, I, I put that little hat on. I look ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll drive you cars, but I ain't wearing no hat. You know? Speaking of driving, I, there's one more funny story, and you can tell it because uh, <laughs> I think I know you know, we used to, about. like you said, we used to share the bus driving. We'd take like three-hour shifts, depending on how far we were going. And we 
we had just signed with word records <laughs> and John Mays was our A&R, our producer. Yeah. And he went with us on a trip and we went to Ohio somewhere, maybe Cincinnati or somewhere Dayton or somewhere up in there. And we were driving back to Nashville and uh, it was your turn to drive. <laughs> I think we just got outside of Cincinnati and it was your turn to drive. And, and uh, it was about what, one or two, three in the morning, something like that. Early. So Everybody you kind of take it from there and tell them what happened. <laughs> well, it was Derek going through, um, wherever that Gene Snyder. It was Louisville. Louisville. Okay. And I remember, uh, and, uh, cause you know, back then there was no GPSs, you know, it was just all the Rand McNally maps and yeah, you know, and I it was never good at reading a map. <laughs> so anyway, I was going and I remember thinking, Oh, I wonder if this is the turn. <laughs> And still, instead of gearing down and approaching it, I didn't want to miss the turn because I didn't know where it would lead me if I could. So I just barreled off on that exit. And I was probably doing, now this is one of those cloverleaf type exits. You know, it's, it's like not a 25 mile an hour. Yeah, exit. yeah, this yeah. thing curved around. And I remember taking it and, and I remember standing up in the seat, running <laughs> the wheel with everything I had. Because well, I didn't have power steering back then either. So. And if yeah. I wouldn't have we would have gone straight off. So I remember just cranking it. And we're and all asleep. The, You're the only one awake. All you guys were asleep, but not yeah. for long, because the tires were squealing, the bus was <laughs> bouncing. And I remember as soon as it, I finally got it off the exit, I pulled over. I oh, mean, I was just dripping and sweating, <laughs> thanking God that we didn't all die. And I look back, and our A&R guy, John Mays, was in the floor with covers and pillows all all over him. And I remember he peered out from under the covers and I said, John, you okay, man? And all he could do was go with his eyes still wide as salt. Yeah, man, I'm okay. I think I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> and about that time, you guys come piling out. There's, there's food and uh, clothes everywhere. And I remember going out to look and I had turned the curve so hard that the generator had slid out and opened the bend door up. We had to push the generator back in. So that, I remember that one. That was that was a close shave. Man. Oh yeah, yeah. And was, you know, and I remember telling myself then, if I could ever get with the group I'll, uh, that has a driver, I'll never drive again. You know. Yeah, yeah. We were we were thankful of that <laughs> that you never drove. I mean, our first night with John Mays, wanting to make a great impression on him, and I throw him in the floor and yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't just <laughs> you know tear up our contract right there and there. I ain't so these guys. <laughs> I remember after the dust settled. I remember he was saying, yeah. He goes, all I remember is looking at the driver and looking back, and it was Satan staring back at me. <laughs> <laughs> like planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> yeah, he thought he saw his life, life flash before his eyes, and he looked, and there was Satan in the driver's seat, <laughs> grinning, laughing at you. <laughs> but we all made it through it, man. And, you know, yeah, we did. I, I'll never forget that, man. That's, that was a scary time. I, was, I just remember you know. standing up physically turning that wheel as fast as I could turn it. <laughs> I think we all got on our knees and prayed through right then and there. Cause that, you know, we could have been sent oh, into eternity right there. So there was so many times, uh, you know, I remember us on the road that I know God had a hand in spare. Oh, there's, so, there were so many times even before you came, uh, <laughs> our bus, the brakes were awful. They were off always bad. I don't know if we just burn them up or what we did, but, uh, there were times when I'd be driving through a town, and, you know, traffic lights, red lights, and it would start turning red and I could not stop. And I just had to run it and I'm hawking the horn, hoping nobody comes through because oh, wow. if they did, I was going to hit them. Oh, and, and God just, I mean, his hand was yeah. on us all the time. No doubt. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not a day goes by that I thank him for, you know, Lord, remember back in 86 when you spared our life. Thank you for that, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. He did. He did. But they were good times, man. And he, like you he said, has we were, a, he has a purpose for us. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah he didn't want to see us check out just yet. So and we're not done till we're done, man. <laughs> Cause yeah, there was so many times it could have, we could have been in the paper. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Joe, I appreciate you doing this, man. Oh, man. And I know there's a lot of uh, guitar players out there that uh, always look up to you. I, there's always guys on my Facebook page talking about you, wonder what you're doing and how you influence them to their playing today because of you. You know, I, I, I get that uh, on my, on my Facebook page. I get some guys that one story that sticks out <clears throat> particularly, there was uh, this, this guy, oh, it's been several years ago. He reached out to me. He goes, you probably don't remember this, but you were playing at this church and you had dropped your guitar pick and I picked it up and handed it back to you. 
and you gave it back to me and said, Hey man, uh, learn to play guitar and use this and, uh, it'll make you happy. I uh, told him something like that. Yeah. And he kept the pick and he had it all these years later. And he said, because of you now I'm a professional guitar player and I make my living playing music. And I said, dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I hope on. you can make it, a living at it. <laughs> but but it, it, when I hear stories like that, and like you say, people that come up and, and say what an influence that our music and our group had on them in a positive way. It just, I mean, that's the ultimate compliment. It really is because oh, yeah. at the time, as you will know, going through it, it felt like we were nothing but just, you know, ticking people off because we yeah. were, we were, we were different and we were radical for that time. Yeah, we were. And, and so, you know, uh, I really at the time didn't really think that we were making a difference, but now here years later, gosh, I mean, the, the positive, comments have been just overwhelming and and then oh, that yeah. time we did the cornerstone thing back in 2013 yeah i will never forget when uh, we opened up with uh, tabernacle and the lights went up and that church was filled full of people and it blew me away i mean it really did it's like wow man and people These drove people, for five or six seven hundred yeah came from all over to see that and the the response was just tremendous and that was a highlight of my night and i still have I got this big old poster framed of that night with the set list and yeah. you know, all of the, the little baseball. Remember the uh, baseball cards we got oh, back yeah. in yeah. the Portek yeah. convention one? You're singing these baseball cards. Yep. I got all of those with all of us on them, you know. And so, it, yeah, those are good times, and there's not a day go by. And, and this is no kidding. There's not a day go by that I don't think of uh, us being on stage somewhere playing, you know, our music and yeah. Uh, seeing people respond to it in a positive way and, and responding oh, yeah. to Jesus and the message. You know? So yeah. we had a hand in that and that's cool. You know, it is cool and to me out of everything I've done and I've done some really good stuff in my career. I've been so blessed and fortunate that that will always stick out to me is being in, in mid South. Yeah. Cause that's my roots. That's my foundation. <laughs> yeah, man. I appreciate you and thank you for coming on and sharing with us. You know, pleasure. probably made you think a little more. Yeah, gosh, I haven't thought of some of this stuff in, in a long time. But, but it, I mean, we could sit here for hours talking oh, about no, dude, funny we, stories and things because yeah. there's a guy, we could write a book. We, we really could. And it's Maybe funny someday we, I will. <laughs> it's funny when we all get together, if you notice, you know, the times that, you know, it's few far in between now. And I, you know, I understand we all got different commitments, but the times we do get together as a band uh, to go somewhere and play the stories are endless. We're, we're constantly just remember this time, remember this time, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. and it's wonderful. And that tells me that, man, we've, uh, we've lived life to its fullest. Oh yeah. Yeah. And all because of the grace of God. That's true, man. Thanks Joe. And Thank I you, appreciate buddy. it very much. And, uh, and uh, I just want to say, I am proud of you for what you've done. You and your family, those girls have grown up to be singers and musicians, your boys. And, and it's like, yeah, man, the, it doesn't fall far from the musical tree, you know, yeah, like it's, Kent's, Kent's uh, boys, you know. Yeah, I, I'm a blessed man, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, man. And, yeah. And, and, uh, uh, Robbie's son, Tyler. Good Lord, that guy. I mean, what a great drummer. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. He really can, man. He's a serious little drummer. They really are. They're, they're really good, really talented. We hope they just carry it on, you know. Yeah, yeah. Carry it on. You know, leave the you legacy know. behind, you know. <laughs> well, we've, been, we've been blessed, brother, no doubt about it. Yeah. Thank you for having me to do this. And, uh, yeah, it did. It, you know, we could sit here for hours and just keep going. But I can't I, wait to see the other guys' interviews. I, I can't wait to do another reunion <laughs> concert, man. Yeah. I hope yeah, it comes up real soon. Me too, uh, You know, uh, one one thing we'll, we'll go with, uh, maybe there's somebody out there uh, a struggling musician that uh, would love to go full time, love to play with somebody. What what kind of advice do you have for those those guys? Uh, if you're serious about it and really serious, and your heart will let you know if you are, I'd say learn everything you can about your instrument. Learn music. I mean, even go to a different genre and learn something. Get out of your box. I mean, that was one thing that you know. There for a while, I was playing nothing but gospel music, and you know, and so after a while, that man, I need need just something a little else. So I would go lift, listen to different players. And, and I think that expands your knowledge and, you know, but, but make your wise choice, you know, make a you know good choice about it. You know, uh, guys like Eli Fortner and, um, Oh, uh, uh, Karen Peck's son. I can't think of his name at the moment. Okay, All great guitar players, man. Yeah. And these kids grew up in gospel music, Southern yeah. gospel music. 
and look at him now, Eli Fortner, man, that, that guy can play just as good as, you know, the rest of the, the rock world out there. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, if, if you're serious about it, expand your mind, learn all you can and get out and play with different people. That's the only way you're going to become better is to play with, with different um, human beings. You know, your bedroom can only take you so far, you know, your, right. your YouTube lessons can only get you so far at some point you got to cut that loose and go out and make music. And if you're serious about it, you'll get good. And if you're not serious about it, no shame in it, man. There's, it's a great, it's a great relaxation. I know people that are, that love to, after their nine to five, come home and plug in their tellies and their little pedals and just have a ball with it. And I applaud that. You don't have to be a serious professional to enjoy playing right. an instrument, you know. And there's so many uh, musicians, you can go, well, probably not today, but uh, any other time you could go downtown Nashville and they're, they're out on the street corner. Oh gosh. Yeah. Good players, oh, yeah. but they never get discovered. They never make it. No. Cause you know, it's, it's, you know, and, and that's another thing, beware of the traps. You know, it's, uh, it's easy to get down in places like that and just stay. And then before you know it, you know, 10 years have went by and you're still at the same place playing yeah. the same songs. And that's really counterproductive. So you know, I say if anybody who's really serious about it, you know, check your heart and see if this is what you really want to do because it ain't an easy life, man. No, you know, it's not. Really not. <laughs> the highs are incredible and the lows are the lowest you can get. Oh, yeah. You'll feel them all. Yes, you know, you'll you feel will. the highs and you'll cry over the lows. Trust me. Yeah, and you will. It's not an easy business, but if, if God put that in your heart's desire, then go for it and do it yeah. right. And yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> well, that's good advice, man. Thank you, buddy. It's so fun to do this, and thanks yeah, man. For, for the guitar thing. I see that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I put that uh, <laughs> telly behind me in honor yeah, of you, man, because yeah. I know you love tellies. Absolutely. Yeah, they're just so, a uh, great weapon of choice. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thank and, you, uh, buddy. I hope we Thank get together real soon, not just to go out to eat, eat some uh, Chinese food or whatever, or get together and play again. Yeah, yeah. We need to do it, and because uh, we all benefit from it when we do it. I noticed when we, when we all get together, man, there's just nothing but smiles on everybody's faces. And you know, yeah. that's not a bad thing. It's <laughs> not a bad thing at all. Well, I'm gonna let you go, man. All right. Buddy. Hope you get back uh, on the road real soon. I, absolutely. Much love to you and your talented family and be safe and right. keep virus free. And eventually this is going to go away and we'll be back. It to will. Normal. It will. Thanks, man. You bet, buddy. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye.